When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We continue our best 11 interviews of 2023 and coming in at number five is our discussion with UTSA defensive line coach Sadiq Haynes. In this episode, we focus on how he takes on the role of mentor and develops the relationships on and off the field with the players he leads. He calls it mental warfare and building those bonds helps him to better lead his players and develop them as elite pass rushers. He also digs into the pass rush plan and how it is developed with the skills of his players in mind. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. And these kids are on their phone most of the time. They're on social media most of the time. And what they're seeing on a daily basis the information that's going through their brain, you got to understand these are still kids. 
right? They're grown kids. They're large kids, right? But the development of their minds and what they're learning, that's still in development mode. So it's important sometimes to tap into their mental, right? To ask them how they're doing, to say, man, I ju we just saw this on the news. How are you guys feeling? Right. It's not about forcing the information. A lot of times it's just understanding the power of your questions. On today's episode, we sit down with Sadiq Haynes, the defensive line coach for UTSA. A former standout player and veteran of coaching staffs for more than a decade, Coach Haynes is in his second season as UTSA's defensive line coach. The line helped anchor a defense that ranked in the top three in Conference USA in eight different statistical categories including second with 6.6 .6 tackles for loss per game and third in both total and scoring defense. Coach Haynes' unit played a deep rotation, as many as 10 deep during the season, and combined to tally more than 30 tackles for loss, including nine sacks. He shares the details of how he develops his position and the plan to get them to the quarterback. On today's episode of the Coaching Coordinator Podcast, we're going to focus on mental warfare getting to the passer, and the importance of keeping it simple. And joining me to discuss and dig into those things is the defensive line coach at UTSA, Sadiq Haynes. Coach Haynes, great to have you here on the podcast. Keith, how are we doing this morning? Thank you for having me. Such an amazing opportunity it is uh, simply for us to wake up and have another opportunity to simply talk some ball. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited about this. I reached out to you. A couple weeks ago, had been going through some of Lawrence first and goal stuff from uh, the past year, and you gave a tremendous presentation there. I shared uh, the beginning of it on a podcast last week, and so I'll link that one in the show notes. But you know, wanted to dig into a little bit more of who you are and how you've developed as a coach, and just starting with that first idea is why did you become a football coach? You know, that, to keep that question uh, to the point, man, it, it's the the thrill the love of the game and the introduction by my dad when I was six years old, you know, it was something to be in the sports when I was younger and something that came natural to me just because of my size. I needed to do something to keep myself busy. I and mean, once I got to the football field, it, it became natural from there. Just, you know, the love and excitement and the competitiveness and those life lessons that you get in the game of football, you know, started that through high school, then to college and, not really feeling the same joy and excitement and passion and life lessons to do anything outside of that. It brought me back to wanting to, to get into football, to coach, but more importantly, to be a positive influence, mentorships for young men as they start to transition into the most important years of their lives. So, uh, man, just the joy and the love for the game and the competitiveness. I'm a, I'm a natural competitor. Uh, so being able to see some results, at the end of all the work you put in is something that excites me. And uh, that's what really led me and kept me into the game. When you look at the beginning of your career, some of the influences or important lessons you learned along the way, what are some things that stick out that are really part of who you have developed into as a coach today? After I got done playing, I did two years in athletic marketing at the University of Delaware. Being able to do community service, which was a large part of that geared me and that led me to continue to give back. That started in high school. And from there, just being able to help others out, it was something that I enjoyed doing. So being able to be at my university for those two years kept me involved in the sports, but also got on the flip side a little bit of what marketing does. 
well, from that, you know, I, I didn't feel that same passion. While I love giving back and love being in the sports, um, it was just something about being in the in the football room that, that I wanted to get back to. So Coach Killer, who was my coach that I played for, he got the job down here in Texas, and I was able to come down with him to start my coaching career. To highlight, I think, some of the things that helped me out, being on the offensive side of the ball for three years, uh, when I first got down there working with the offensive line, um, I think was one of the things that helped me evolve as a coach. And, I mean, getting down to the basics, playing defensive line, um, I did play a little bit of offensive line in high school, but a lot of the intricacies that you have on the offensive side of the ball, I didn't know about as a player. So just learning inside zone, learning counter. Chris Rogers, who was a was a player at Sam Houston State, was on the offensive staff. I remember him sitting down, and we just talked inside zone, outside zone, power, counter, half-line slide, some of the basics of it. And then being under some great coaches as well, one of them being Coach Longo, had a, having a high-efficiency offense, I learned how to do it successfully. I learned why you do some of the things that you do. So then when I did get hired as a defensive line coach, I took a lot of those things that I learned and translated them over the defensive side of the ball um, and then the second part to that is when I got to the defensive side of the ball as a coach I paired up with with my best friend he's like a brother to me coach Wright who's a defensive ends coach at the University of Miami we got to work together and the philosophy and attitude that you bring to the coaching side specifically to the defensive line was the other thing that I think would accredit to me as a coach so just being on the offensive side of the ball initially and then having some guidance as far as defensive line play from Coach Wright, who then we got to work together for a quick season last year before he left. Um, I think those were, were some of the crucial things that, that developed me and, and helped me to get into coaching. Yeah, I think you said an important word there as you were talking about some of that development and especially what you took from the offensive side now to be able to apply and really attack from the defensive side is is the why and you know you and I were talking a little bit before we got going that the, the X's and O's today in the last few years courtesy of the pandemic I mean it just the knowledge out there has exploded everybody's put all their stuff out there and you can get everybody's film and you know that stuff is easy but really digging into and especially understanding why is so important for a coach today to be able to move forward in this profession? It's so vital, right? And when I really got into doing more clinics, uh, sharing more information, is exactly what you said. It was during COVID. So not only while I was giving presentations, I was listening as well, and I did a lot of learning during that time. I still learn daily uh, while I'm a coach. But it's some of those fine-tuned details, especially when you talk about getting in the in the classroom, right? Being able to slow the game down for your kids, but then attacking their mental. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the sweet spot of development or even in this game, while yes, you need to understand the X's and O's, why you do some of the things you do, when you do them, right? You can get into the finer details of developing yourself and getting really good at when to do certain things. But I think on the other side, it's being able to connect to your kids, being able to understand your kids. While you may have a lot of information, I think it's important that you can deliver that information to your kids so that they can understand. You can't forcefully teach every kid the same. 
So while you may go learn these X's and O's, being able to deliver that information is important and to a point to where they can understand, right? And having patience is part of that. And then understanding and taking time to learn your kids is the other piece. So understanding that part, yeah, you know, you want to hold some stuff to yourself, but once you do it one time, it's going to be on film mm-hmm. and everyone's going to be able to see it, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and, and whether I teach a certain path game, uh, unless I really invented something in the game of football, it's not like I'm I'm holding something to myself to where I don't want to share with the world. So there are some finer points when you get down to teaching and understanding that sharing that information is not as bad, but understanding the mental of your kids and how to teach them, I think is. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that before we got going. And you know, the word I wrote down or the words I, I wrote down were mental warfare and you know, the approach that you take actually is, I think it's almost inverse of what we always talk about, how we're going to take these lessons of football and teach these guys to apply them to life. And you kind of bring in what's going on in life and how can we deal with that and then apply it to football. And I thought that was a really interesting concept. If you talk about that approach a little bit more, how that, you know, meeting time starts for you and then to be able to take that out onto the field. It's unique, and it was funny because while I was with Coach Wright, I would always give him, the kids would always give him a hard time because at times he would be at the at the front of the classroom and we're talking. He's generally talking about what's going on, what happened that morning. You know, a lot of times for me, that driving to work, you know, as a coach, you want to come in prepared, and while you may have the X's and O's part prepared on what you want to teach, man, these kids are on their phone most of the time. They're on social media most of the time. And what they're seeing on a daily basis, the information that's going through their brain, you got to understand these are still kids, right? They're grown kids. They're large kids, right? But the development of their minds and what they're learning, that's still in development mode. So it's important sometimes to tap into their mental, right? To ask them how they're doing, to say, man, We just saw this on the news. How are you guys feeling? Right? It's not about forcing the information. A lot of times it's just understanding the power of your questions, getting those kids to open up. You know, I try at the beginning of the semester, especially when we have new kids in there, to stand them up in front of the classroom. Coach Trailer, the head coach, he, he stresses the importance of getting them in uncomfortable situations, such as standing in front of a room and talking. But then also ask them their purpose. Ask them what drives them in football. Make them verbalize some of those things so that they feel comfortable to express how they feel. So that when we have these real-life talks, yes, and again, this we're talking about football, but we're, talk, we're talking about life, right? When, when, when After the kids leave your two-and-a-half, three-hour blocks of time that you spend with them, they go back into the real world. So they're honestly away from you more than you see them. So it's important, in my opinion, and it can be 10 to 15 minutes every morning. And coaches, we know how lack of time we have, and those kids understand that. But in my opinion, spending time, especially with my knuckleheads I have in my room, you know, it's important to to tap in to check on them to see how they're doing, but then to also talk about real-life stuff every day a little bit 
so that they're actually feeling that sense of it's not just football and the development of them as young men is important. The football piece will take care of itself, right? You can't have guys getting MAs, right? But you also don't want them MA in, in life, right? So understanding that mental part and tapping in with them to make sure that they can express themselves to maybe talk about some things that's going on in their minds, it allows them to get to game day. It allows them to continue to show up every day. And then you eliminate some of those natural everyday struggles that those kids have by giving them a source and outlet. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. You mentioned asking the right questions to be able to tap into some of what's going on and, and really get to the to the point as you said we don't have a lot of time to waste so you know right. it's not necessarily just small talk that's going to get you there but you know for you the the question side what typically are are you doing guys are walking into the room and you know, again trying to tap into and, and be aware of what's going on with them what kind of questions are you asking so you can be creative with this uh, one of the things that i'll do and, and it's it's sporadic right and, and again you know, I don't want guys to hear this and then go put together a formula of the perfect formula right. to tap. It, there is no perfect formula. It'll be, you know, I'll, once every couple of weeks, I'll say, bring your phones to the meeting. Right? I say, bring your phones to the meeting. And what I'll do at the beginning of the class, I'll go, I want you guys to take your phone out right now. And I'll, I'll say, uh, open up a text message to me. And I'll say, I want you guys to text me my purpose for showing up today is you know it'll be something like that my purpose for showing up today is and i tell them i want you to text me that uh, you can do this with your goals you can do this with uh, what's your purpose you can do this with anything that's going to allow them to think now while I, why i make them text it to me is now this is something that i can hold accountable or hold them to and something that they physically can now see and just something like that you would be surprised I asked one of my recruits, and uh, now I know people are going to steal this if they don't do it. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I asked him the other day, I said, um, has anyone ever asked you what your purpose in life is? And when I asked him this, he took a long pause. And, and you know, why I wanted to, to get here is when I recruit, I want to I wanna recruit the whole person. And he said, you know what, Coach? No one's ever asked me that. And we spent probably a half an hour just talking about what that looks like, figuring out purpose. And he's a faithful person. Religion is something that's in his family. So he understood that. But to specifically ask him, and that's a, it's, a, it's almost a heavy question. Like, 
when he said, man, I never thought about that, you can almost feel the weight of some of those questions. I want depth, right? I want depth so that when you get to those points to where you're not wanting to show up or you're hitting adversity or things are seeming too hard or you broke up in a relationship or your parents get a divorce, all of those things out there, influence and impact the young man more than the X's and O's, right? If you can clear out their mind and clear out uh, some of the things that they're going through and their struggles to give them some tools to allow them to simply show up, if your kids are showing up and giving effort, I think that's a huge part of the battle. So something like that, I'll text to them and tell them to text to me. I'll give them about five minutes this way. It's not always a discussion. Sometimes it's one-on-one, but then the very next morning, I'll say, does anyone want to talk about their answers? And then uh, they'll read their answers to the room. Again, it's something quick, but I've just seen that it's also impactful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, th- I appreciate you sharing that. I know certainly we're, we're all people who borrow in this profession, but you know what? If it's something that does help you develop players and help develop them in life, yeah. I think you shared something important there. So thank you for yes, sharing sir. that. Um, no problem. And I, that was obviously, man, I was, I was only kidding. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was only just, but, but, but yeah. again, man, it's, it's important and you got to be genuine, right? It's no different. If you try to go and regurgitate things that you've heard, that you've learned without fully understanding and, and it, and it means something to you, these kids aren't dumb and they'll pick up on it. Right. So that comes down to the connection with them as well. Now in getting these guys out on the field and helping them have success on the field, I know, from watching your presentation at Lawrence first and goal last year that you spend a ton of time in the preparation part and really understanding who are we going to face both from the offensive line standpoint as well as I I really liked how you talked about the QB window and and you know calculating and understanding that guy you're facing too and what it means to pass rush and really studying what you want to prepare your guys for so Again, you talked about this at Lawrence first and goal, but I think if you could shed a little bit more light on, uh, for you, that process of where it starts and, and really why it's so important to you. Everyone has an identity. I was, I'll start with the person. Each person individually has an identity, right? Their identity is based off of their actions. It's no different than a football team. It's no different than an offense and a defense. It's no different than a coordinator. It's no different than when you get down to the coordinator, his scheme. Man, it, everything is broken down, right? So at the beginning, I said simplify it. That sounds like a lot. <clears throat> well, you shrink all that down. What are we talking about here? When I, when I think about that, it's about specifically the pass game, the quarterback, and the offensive line. So as much as I just talked about identity and all that, it comes down to those three things. Once you figure that part out, the, the QB windows part of it just tells the identity of the quarterback. Um, and then, you know, I think everyone breaks down the offensive line, figuring out the weak link on the offensive line. But when you get down to it, I think, in my opinion, the total picture is the quarterback plus the offensive line. And then you sprinkle in the play caller and the play types. So when you break down the QB windows, each quarterback, you know, after enough data, uh, shows patterns and it's either the quarterback or how they're calling it on offense right I've been in a room to where you have to build your offense around what your quarterback can do some quarterbacks will have more in their Rolodex some won't some will stay in the pocket some won't some have to get out on the edge to be able to successfully pass 
someone some some of them can can shred it right so understanding that guy in my opinion when you want to talk about getting to the quarterback is important the way that you'll attack a quarterback that has legs that can run that likes to get out the pocket is going to be different than a quarterback that just wants to sit in there and make every throw you can get a little bit more exotic and a little bit more creative if you got a pocket passer because you know he's going to sit in there the point of getting to him is the main factor you probably got to be a little bit more safe when you're talking about a guy that's one one thousand and then he's breaking the pocket as soon as he feels pressure do you need to force this guy to step up because he's giving up more sacks inside the tackles or when he feels that middle push he's quick to put his foot in the ground roll out and get to his weak or strong side to try to make the throw? Is he more successful one way or the other when he's doing this? Okay, well, maybe it's not about flushing him to his dominant side. you got to flush him to his weak side because his passing completions are lower there. It's so many things during the breakdown, in my opinion, that you can figure out. So after I do this study, after I break down the QB windows, where he's been more successful at throwing the ball, where he's given up the most sacks, where he's thrown the most interceptions. And then you can crunch the numbers. Is it versus man? Is it versus coverage? You can break down all that stuff, which is is a lot easier. But specifically getting to him and attacking him, if you know he's going to sit in the pocket versus be a scrambler, if you know on third and long, you know, his percentages are in between the hashes, that kind of talks to the philosophy of what he can do, if he can complete those or not. It just gives you so much more ammo so when you deliver the information to the coordinator, he's in the pocket 80% of the time. He doesn't scramble hardly ever. He scrambled a total of five times all year for six yards. So he's just getting past the line of scrimmage. I'm thinking about attacking him like this. Um, here's a pressure that, that I think just based off of the scheme of what will be good. But then also uh, the offensive line is weak on the left side. The left guard is the worst. So I'm designing some stuff to put him in a one-on-one. If we want to bring any pressures, probably can bring it from there. And if we force this guy to roll out to his left side, his completions drop from 75% to 40. Boom, right? So you deliver that information, and then you show your guys the breakdown. You show them those crucial plays, interceptions, sacks, fumbles, where he's weakest, and then you you highlight the O-line and then they're weakest. Those two put together, you put a you put a plan together to, to attack each quarterback, and you just give yourself the best chances to go get them. Let me ask you how how long have you been doing that and you know presenting that information to your defensive coordinator, and, and what form does it take on? Is this just a discussion? Are you putting together something with video clips? Is it a formal presentation? Is it a, a written report? But you know what does that look like? And and again, going back to when did this start? For me, I learned about that from Coach Wright. It was one of the things that I picked up from him. It initially started with just us in the defensive line room having it and us presenting to those guys. So since being on the defensive side of the ball, it was something that I did. To be honest, it, it probably took me a year or two to say, hey, this information may help everyone and not just the defensive line. So how that's done is on those days where we do third down, I just make sure I print out the sheet that has the windows with the percentages and numbers on them, and I hand that to each defensive coach. And with that, I say, you know, you can give this to your guys. I also make the cut-up list to where I can share it with everyone so where they can now go in and they see all the clips that are in window one. 
Now, it's not every pass play. The completion numbers will be in there, but I'll have all of the interceptions. I'll have the fumbles. I'll have the sacks. I'll have the scrambles. So now you can go through each window, and just those crucial plays are highlighted. So you may get to window two, which if you're looking at it from the defensive perspective, that left tackle to the center, the right tackle on the offensive side to the center, if that guy has seven interceptions in there, he's stepping up and he just can't read that coverage inside of there. You can now see all seven of those. This is what the defense did in all seven of those plays. So now you can watch it back to back to back. And you learn no different than if he scrambles. If you got a guy in three games that has 15 scrambles for 300 yards, whoa, every time he steps up, it's one, it's one look and he's taken off down the scene. He has wheels and he's just beating everyone because they've been in man coverage and he's just outrun everyone. I mean, that's that's crucial information. So we watch that cut up as a D-line um, towards the end of the week just as it starts to get to the finer points of it, uh, maybe like a Tuesday, Wednesday, so that on Thursday when we do our run through, our walkthrough, and we're doing those last finer-tuned details, they have that fresh on their mind. It is available early in the week. Just those guys want to take a peek at it, but when we talk about it, it's, it's before some of those days, so they'll get the hard copy and then the video that matches it. It's just, I always say the information is there. Is everyone going to go look and spend extra time on it? No, right? That's what we as coaches try to stress all around the country, spend that extra time, but you do have your kids that do watch it. (laughs) And it shows up on game day, and it shows up, I empower my kids with some creation. If you got something that you like and that you think, let's talk about it. And I have done that. My kids have given me stuff in game that has led us to getting to the quarterback. So, showing them that they have the power to share information, to humble yourself as a coach, to to empower them to do it. Giving them the information is important. And then the feedback that they get from it, that's how you know whether it's working or not. I love it. We've talked a lot about getting the information. And I mean, we definitely are an information driven sport. Uh, There's a ton of information out there for us as coaches. We have the ability to give our players a ton of information whether it's the stuff you're taking in or the stuff you're putting out to your players, simplicity still has to override everything. So for you, what's that filter? What is it that helps you boil things down to, okay, I got all these ideas. I heard all these things at this clinic or I you know, sat down with this coaching staff, got all these ideas. I need to make it simple so that I can do it. And then same thing, too, as, as you get all that information. could be in your, your weekly report that you're giving to your players, um, but they, they need the simplicity as well. So for you, what's the filter for simplicity? I'll just stay on what we talked about just then. So after all of that, uh, and this is what I'll say, after all this information, what does that mean? All right, we're going to get in a situation to where we're going to be in about, I don't know, 8 to 12 third downs, Okay. Let's just give away some of those as and, – and I'm real with them. Let's just say some of those are third and shorts. On these seven third downs that we have, and we may pressure two to three of them, we're going to have four opportunities to where I'm going to be able to cut you guys loose. Right? And this is, just, this is just an example. Instead of me running four different things, this guy is a pocket guy. You guys are really good on edges, so I'm going to put you in threes. Somebody's going to get the slide of the center and have to push the pocket, everybody else is going to have a one-on-one. So you three guys that have the one-on-ones, here's the cut-ups of the tackles on the edge. They struggle with 
they're stabbed to finishing on the edge. So if I were y'all, we should stab to finish on the edge. The guy inside, that's their worst guy. I'm going to move the best guy right there. So right now, the point is to create a one-on-one for you, right? You got your you got your your, your spin move that's deadly. Uh, you got your push pull that's deadly. You got to go win your one-on-one in those situations. He's not going to run a lot, so be creative with your space, and we're going to be able to go get him down. We have to hit him or sack him on those three to four, four to five opportunities that we have. Simple versus. This week, man, all right, we're going to be in a few third and long situations. The problem is this guy is a scrambler, okay? So now I'm going to have to call a couple more games, you know, a, a, a T-stun over here, E-stun over there, so that we can chop the middle up to really make him either collapse the pocket or take away the inside lane to make him have to drop step to go out. He's 30% when he has to get outside the pocket, but we can't allow him to scramble because he's also had four touchdowns and 300 yards. So we got to be more safe on our games for those four to five opportunities. And we got to make sure, A, we don't let him step up and run, but get him on the edge. So you may not have a lot of those one-on-one opportunities. The emphasis of taking care of our games are going to be important. So we'll spend a little bit more time on that. The biggest thing is making sure you guys understand who he is and what he has hurt people on. That's how we'll maximize those opportunities that we get to go get them. So after you give them the information, I believe it's important for them to understand, well, coach, why are we talking about QB windows? Here's why. Why are we spending time on the offensive lineman? Well, here's why. Because now you know, instead of you going to do a double swipe and this guy's really good on resetting, now you set him up with speed and go straight to power instead of you having to spend on all game to figure that out. So give them the information. Make them understand. Make them ask questions. If they understand, it's going to be so much easier for them when they get out there on the field. So while giving them and and collecting the information and me having it, I'm not going to go in there every week and install 15 pressures. I'll have my Rolodex of what we're really good at. And, oh, this week, guys, we haven't shown this. All right, so now we're we're going to manipulate the line by, by overloading this way and having this ready. All right, and then that's a game that's a game week type of deal, and you spend a little bit a little bit of time on that. So while we go collect this information, figuring out what you're really good at, and then you know, kind of uh, to 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 uh, highlight something, it's your postseason stuff. You know, after you go through a year, self scout is so important. That's kind of how you chop away some stuff. What were you really good at? Getting really good at that. You know, again, taking away. We want to add, add, add as coaches. The offseason, typically, you figure out, well, we don't even need that. We ran that once, and we spent this amount of time on it. Simplifying your calls, figuring out what your kids are really good at, and then highlighting those things. So figuring the information, collecting the information, and a lot of times it's chopping it away and uh, getting down to the nitty-gritty of what needs to be known, what you're really good at, and then executing that at a high level. Coach, taking that a step further and simplifying it down to one thing, you talked about all kinds of great things today on this episode, but what would you say is the one thing you do that gives your players the winning edge? To be honest, it's love, right? I'm not I'm not going to get on here and, and give you uh, some well-known, renowned secret. I give my kids love. Uh, I show them that I care, and at the end of the day, 
let's again, let's go back to keeping it simple. Why are your kids there? Why do I have my players? A lot of them, and here's the secret, a lot of them aren't just hooraying for school, right? That's part of why you're there to stress the importance of it. The football part of it they love is getting down to why they love the game, what's going to allow them to stay excited to continue to show up, and can you make them better? If you can make them better and you give them a reason to continue to show up, and then the one thing that we hear at UTSA as coaches, we, we hang our heads and we hang our heads high on, and something that Coach Trailer stresses about, if each coach after we play them says, if there's one thing I can say about y'all, is y'all run to, the, run to the ball and your kids play hard. How do your kids play hard? If that question can continue to be asked, we're doing something right. And in my opinion, they know that we're giving them everything that they need to be better. We're giving them the love that, that they want to run through a wall for us. And at the end of the day, the culture is something that's making them a better person and thriving. So the secret sauce that I believe I possess, that I bring, that we as coaches here at UTSA bring, and why Coach Trailer does a hell of a job, is we care about those kids. It's a kid's game, right? It's a player's game. They play the game. I show up. I hold them accountable. I love them just as much. We hold them to a standard. We make sure that we're there for them when they need us. We don't just look the other way when they, when they have issues and have problems. And when they're messing up, we hold them accountable, but we also do it with love and they know that we care. So I, I believe when they know that you care and you're able uh, to teach them the information that they need to know, and they have fun doing it. That's the other thing. Our kids have fun. Like, we have fun. And, and I don't like kids that don't have fun when they play football. I don't I – don't, it's, it's robotic. Now, can it be done? Can you be all about your business? Yes. Yes. Uh, but our kids have fun, which makes them want to show up. So if they want to show up, if they know that you love them, um, if you're able to teach them, and, and their environment allows them to thrive. Um, I think that's what, what kind of makes me a little unique, us here at UTSA unique, and uh, how you can get the most out of your kids. Coach, I really appreciate you sharing all of that. Coaches, follow him on Twitter, at Coach Sadiq. That's S-I-D-D-I-Q. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time, giving us some of the details behind what you do. I know... Uh, coaches out there will find that helpful in developing their careers. So, again, thank you for your time. I appreciate you uh, you having me on. And, uh, if I've helped out in any way, then, then I've done my part. You know, my, my single-handedly most important thing that I make sure I can do is, is help as many people as possible. I mean, that's what I try to lead with. So, again, I thank you for having me, having us. We continue to try to set that standard by, by living by our culture and our culture pillars. And uh, that's what we're trying to do down here in San Antonio in the 210 at UTSA. So I appreciate your time. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. The link to our other episode with Coach Haynes will be in the show notes, as will his full presentation at Lawrence First and Goal Clinic, where he goes into detail on some of these things with video on calculating the QB window and the pass rush mentality. Follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.